Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can dance all night long. And here is your host. The baby face of podcasting, JC Bowie. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right now, go and left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Four question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. But I do have books where I can consult the fellow great minds of history, men like Alexander Hamilton. Fickle. 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 Do you hear the sheep? Listen to them. I say something and they say... They're reciting something stupid from 20 years ago, but they can't help themselves. And what up, fam? And welcome to The Biggest Draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. I am JC Bones. I am Doc Haas. I am Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FourthWallCast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. If you enjoy the Fourth Wall experience and want to check us out every week, be sure to tune in every Saturday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Now, here's Johnny with the rest of our schedule for the remainder of 2018. What up, fam? All right, so here are our shows for the rest of the month and the year. So on uh, December 15th, we're going to have a TLC prediction show. Immediately after, Bones and Doc are going to take you through the post-show TLC. On December 22nd, we're going to do our own little superstar shakeup here at Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And then, last show of the year. We are going to do something called Three GMs Are Better Than One. We're going to rebuild the tag division on our own to see what happens. But then something exciting happens January 1st, Bones. Yes, something very exciting is happening on January 1st of 2019. War is coming. The fourth wall WrestleCast is going to have a new home at Wrestle Addict Radio alongside our good brothers and sisters at Kings of the Rings podcast, Smash This podcast, Gift the podcast, Not Your Mama Soap Opera, and then also our affiliates, 
Who Got Next, and Rant with Ant. So big things are happening for the Fourth Wall fam in 2019. Now, on today's show, we're going to discuss the parallels between the Daniel Bryan and Dean Ambrose heel turn. You know, what's working, what's not working. We're going to discuss our take on those two. As well as uh, the current pairing of Carmella with R-Truth. You know, how is this working for Carmella's character? She went from nothing to something to now cutting seven-second dance promos with R-Truth. Then we're going to pass it over to our third man, Johnny Smarks, as he brings us the third brand. We're going to discuss the new NXT leading into the new year, and then we're going to end off with the good things. We're going to end on a positive note. What are some good things happening on Raw, good things happening on SmackDown, just good things happening in WWE in general? So without further ado, what up, Ooses? How you guys feeling? We feel feel good, baby. We got some, uh, I got secrets over here right now. Doc, are you the Oos? Doc, are you the Oos or the O? Oh, I'm the Oos, baby. So I'm the O. (laughs) We got got secrets happening over here today. I got a lot of secret stuff going on in my life right now that I can't talk about. But, uh, man, all secrets. Secrets. I know. Do you know? Because I know. I know. I know. (laughs) Well, guys, you know how the WWE Universe has been feeling? They've been feeling pretty fickle lately, according to the new... The new... Daniel Bryan. I can't even say it without laughing. The new and highly improved The new Daniel Bryan, who was, again, one of the best things happening on SmackDown, was just further proves my case that SmackDown is the better brand. But let's talk about this heel turn. And also, I want to talk about the heel turn of Daniel Bryan, how it runs parallel to the heel turn of Dean Ambrose. Let's start off with our our man, D. Bry. So he cut an amazing promo this week when he was in the ring with The Miz. He is awesome on the mic. See, what SmackDown does great is they just let go of the reins and let their talented superstars be creative on their own. So, what do you guys have to say about Daniel Bryan and the, and the new version of him? Can, can can it be safe to say? Can we can we really throw it out there? That might have been one of the greatest Miz TVs ever. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Like, agreed. Ever those two Daniel put on a fucking clinic. Dude, Daniel Bryan, that guy could do anything. Hey, be the face of the company. Sure, guys, got it. Hey, go out there and make everybody hate you immediately. No problem. I got this. He is everything you want in a pro wrestler. Outside of being one of the greatest workers, like in-ring workers ever, the ability he has to take a crowd, a crowd that was 100% in the yes, yes, yes movement, and almost immediately turn them against him in a way that like only like, you know, like a Chris Jericho, Bret Hart way almost, because those guys were awesome at, at turning you know heel face in a moment's notice. Daniel Bryan makes it effortless. There's just some guys who were born with it and who have it, and who know how to go out there and put the audience in the palm of their hand and make them do whatever they wish. And Daniel Bryan is one of those guys. He's not only elevating himself, he's elevating AJ Styles. He's elevating The Miz. And he's elevating the whole show of SmackDown in general to a point where it's making Raw look absolutely fucking stupid for the past two weeks. He is I really the best, thing on, on, best men's thing on TV right now. 
Hashtag let's turn men speak. <laughs> Second man wasn't done yet. No one cares. I completely agree. Raw looks so bad now, and it's all because of Daniel Bryan. He is just killing it with his promos. Like, seriously, fickle. Where the hell did that come from? It's genius. <laughs> he comes Here. up with it. He comes up with these things almost every it's like it seems like he comes up with these things every single time creative says hey i need you to reinvent your character do something first it was yes then it was no and now it's fickle and what's it going to be next it's he's you know he's going to come up with something better the next time he's the best professional wrestler since Shawn michaels retired wow that's that's quite the claim i um fight i've me. always like fight me i fight wasn't me. i didn't i wasn't I'm not fighting Back you because your, I was neutral corners, agreeing. Fellas. God damn. <laughs> so I have always been a fan of Brian Danielson heel characters ever since he was in the independence. He's always played a good heel. So I'm really excited to see where this goes. Yeah, th this whole evolution of the heel Daniel Bryan character has been quite fascinating, uh, actually, just to watch. Uh, it's only been around for a couple weeks now, but it's definitely a more psychotic and vicious side of Daniel Bryan. It's fickle. It's, it's, it's not fickle. like last time. Last time he turned heel before he retired, it was kind of like heel. whiny. No, more, even more whiny than cocky. Like, I deserve this. I deserve that. Blah, blah, this. Now he's just, like you said, psychotic. Cerebral is the word that comes to my mind. Or how about another Cerebral. word? How about another word to describe Daniel Bryan's actions? How about like a lunatic? You know, he's pulling off that lunatic character better than Dean Ambrose is over on Raw. Let's talk about Dean Ambrose's heel turn. Um, I don't like where they went with it because it didn't become... It doesn't feel like it's personal anymore. Ever since he bought out these people. What the hell is that smell? You people stink. I gotta go get a vaccination just to be there. I have to wear a gas mask. Now, the gas masks were fucking awesome this past week. Yeah, the gas like, mask was cool, man. That was awesome. That was a really cool gimmick. Uh, he had like a real Bane feel you know bane from batman like it was real awesome the way that looked um but the whole these people isn't working for him it works for what daniel bryan is saying because his whole change is because of the fickle people the fickle universe so that works for him it's, i don't think it's working for dean ambrose i think part of what's not working for ambrose is the raw smackdown thing raw is making ambrose do his segments off camera in some broke-ass hospital room Meanwhile, Daniel Bryan is coming out to the rain with The Miz and doing it right in people's faces. And it's more personal, and it makes it come across better. Yeah, SmackDown is, again, allowing their talent to be creative. They trust their talent. Raw is way too scripted. And that's really taken away from a lot of these what could be good promos from some really good wrestlers that we know are capable of producing good promos on the mic. Aside from it being way heavily scripted i i have to disagree with you know you saying that it's not working it's not working to us because we are pretending to be you know experts on pro wrestling but it's working for the people that are watching it that might be called marks or you know little kids the the you people smell the vaccine thing i think it's working for the the audience that's watching raw the most other than weirdos like us that like to talk about <laughs> pro wrestling for for me though a lot of it is just setting and getting in getting making a connection with your audience 
And if All right, Ambrose, Scorsese, so go help him with the settings. Well, I'll tell you right now, dude. If Ambrose is off camera wearing a mask, Daniel Bryan's right in your face. There's nothing to hide there. There's no bullshit. If this is a consequence of, like, you know, Vince McMahon rewriting Monday Night Raw this week because a bunch of fucking hicks from Texas are upset that Big Dubs died, so he wanted people to go home from ha- go home happy. That is the shittiest reasoning for writing a wrestling show ever. SmackDown doesn't think like that. SmackDown goes with, hey, this makes sense. This is what people are buying into. We're going to write it. I don't give a flying fuck that Big Dubs died this week and a bunch of people from Houston might be upset. What a shitty reason to be at Raw. I hope you guys saw that in the news. Apparently, that's what Vince did this week. So that's part of the reason why... Daniel, I think Daniel Bryan is getting to do what he wants, and Dean Ambrose is being held back a bit because we want Raw to be the land of babyface fuckbags. Riddle me this. Vince is backstage at SmackDown too, right? Not really, man. Apparently Vince doesn't go to SmackDown like he does to Raw. I think he really looks at SmackDown as his B-show. Who is um, the head writer on SmackDown's uh, Road Dog? And that's why it's so damn good because oh, when Raw was DJ good, James. Road, mm-hmm. wow. yeah. When Raw was last time, Raw was really good. If I'm not mistaken, Road Dog was writing was for Raw. Raw. Yep. So obviously, Road Dog has some talent when it comes to booking and writing. He does. Uh, well, let's go back to Daniel Bryan and Ambrose. Now, what is your guys' take on being a heel? One hundred and one textbook. Cut a promo and talk about these people. Uh, again, I talked about earlier how I think it's really working well for Brian. Again, we already said because of the creative, but Brian's Brian is selling it. Ambrose isn't. But what do you guys think in general about this just textbook, very 80s, these people thing? I think we're at an age now in an era of wrestling where the heels could be heels in so many other ways um, than talk about these people. Uh, Johnny, what's your take on this? I like it. I mean, it's the reason we all started watching wrestling. It's good versus bad. Yeah, there are other ways you can be heel. But, again, look at the core market for wrestling. What is the core market for wrestling? It's not us, guys. It's not. Is it not us? The market ends with us, essentially, because we're we're probably going down to, like, 16, maybe 18, to around 35, 36, like mid-30s. Listen, I feel like those Cena fans that were kids a couple years ago, they're kind of getting into high school now, and they want risque attitude era-like storylines, just like just like we did when Hulk Hogan got boring for us. Now Cena's boring for for these guys, so they're giving these risque characters like Daniel Bryan. What Daniel Bryan does different is he goes like, "Hey, I'm gonna insult what you eat. I'm gonna insult how you look." I'm going to insult everything about you that I do better than you. Ambrose, I don't think, has that like Daniel Bryan does. He's not an out-there vegan. He's not, you know, he doesn't, his character right now isn't doing that, like, personal insult where I'm better than you and I'm showing it. Whereas Ambrose is complaining about people, but he's not showing them how he's better than them. Does that make sense? No, actually. Fuck you. Yes, it does. (laughs) It's completely off what we were talking about, but I love you anyway. Yes, it was. We're talking about why Ambrose isn't working as well as Daniel Bryan. I'm fucking telling you why. Okay, can okay. I? I'm going to keep that in the show. I'm not Please edit do. That out. <laughs> no, I watch. No, don't edit it out. Don't edit me out telling you not to edit it out either. 
<laughs> this is a live show, folks. This is perfect. This is this happening is live. Right now. We are recording this for you, and shit like this happens. You no one's perfect. You argue about fucking wrestling. That's what you fucking listen to us for, right? Anyways, back to what I was saying real quick. Sorry, Bones. I'm cutting you off. What Go kind ahead, of host man. are Take you? It. Take it. You shut your damn mouth. No. Um. Anyways, um. I. I. You know. You. You brought up those Cena kids, but there's another generation of of new fans that don't understand. Maybe you know the whole vegan is better according to Daniel Bryan thing. So that's why I think Ambrose might be doing a more simple old school seventies, eighties. I hate being in Texas type of heel. They're essentially giving us both ends of the, of the spectrum right now and trying to see maybe what sticks. Who's more over simple question. Who's more over Bryan? Yeah. End discussion. Thank you. Okay, I'll look at it for a more business side. You be the fucking mark, apparently. <laughs> no, I'm not being a fucking mark. I'm calling it as I goddamn see it. There's one heel that's way more over now. How can you fucking argue that Daniel Bryan, who returned at WrestleMania to the most over face, and now we're looking at it, what was that, in April, and now we're in December, and now he's getting booed out the goddamn arena. Isn't it crazy how WWE is able to produce such amazing heels you know look at daniel bryan we could still say becky lynch because i still think she's being viewed as a heel even though we know she's a tweener you know or just the 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 stone cold of of this era i I, i'm going to retract that statement she's not the new stone cold she's the first ever becky lynch nah man man, you can say that dude she's absolutely going in that stone cold direction where you're getting booked as a heel but you're so damn good at what you do that the audience is is uh, receiving it like in a very positive way because it's real. It seems honest. She's fucking selling it. Yeah, she she's setting the bar. And then yes. let, let's also go to the black and uh, the black and yellow brand. We got Tommaso Ciampa, amazing. So he is the best sports entertainer in the business right now. Uh, he's up there with people like Becky and people like Daniel Bryan. And you know who else is actually? <laughs> you know we're talking about. The, the demographic of people who are watching wrestling now, but let's look at the Samoa Joe angles dating back to when he was feuding with AJ Styles. Wendy. You know, yeah, he, Wendy, daddy's coming home. He shows up at AJ Styles' house. Like, they, they went back, like, to a- Attitude Era to bring us those yeah. vignettes and those promos. So we that, You know what that reminded me edgy. of? That reminded me of the, uh, the uh, Brian Pillman. Pillman's got a gun. Yes. Yep, Pillman's got a gun. Pillman's got a gun. <laughs> It's you're you're calling it. It's it's what they're doing right now, and you're calling it like you see it because it's what they're doing. The Cena kids are growing up, just like when the Hogan kids are growing up. WWE rides in waves. They they follow their audience. Their audience wants the audience wants to see edgy programming. All in proved that we want edgy programming. NXT is proving that we want more edgy, realistic programming. SmackDown is proving it, but for some fucking reason. We can't get get there on Raw right now. We all know why. Vince why? won't let us get there on Raw right now. We all, exactly what Doc just said. Vince won't let us get there on Raw. He's holding on to his 1980s dream. I don't know why. You would think he'd be a smarter businessman than that. you know. But, hey, you know what? They'll fucking learn. At some point, when Fox, when Fox picks up SmackDown and SmackDown starts whooping Raw's ass into fucking ratings... Shit'll change. 
Well, you know why all the shit's going to change when all that happens? It's because at that time, the XFL is going to make a return, and Vince is going to be too preoccupied with the XFL. So that's when we're going to see Triple H and Stephanie have more of a hand in the creative on both brands. So what happens to NXT? Say Triple H starts taking over more at Raw. Who takes over NXT? HBK? Mm, Good question. Why not? No. I think I think that he'll leave it in William Regal and Matt Bloom's hands. Okay, yeah, that's that's, that's I, that. I'm okay. With I think that. Matt, Bl- I think Matt Bloom does a lot of the day to day with William Regal. You, know? you think he's a little underrated in terms of when we talk about this, we don't realize how much of an unsung hero Matt Bloom is. I think. Well, so. I think I think Matt Bloom is the one in Gorilla at shows. I mean, hey, in, in 2K19, Matt Bloom's the one who came to my indie show and gave me an NXT contract. <laughs> and I'm already holding three titles, guys. I'm the world, I'm the WWE champion, the million dollar champion, and the North American champion. I mean, come guys, on, guys. So how he, stuff, he is WWE very underrated. In the North, how are you in a WWE in North American? Don't worry champion. about it, man. I, I have mad, <laughs> mad titles in, in my, my, my wrestling universe. Bones, I have something to admit to you. What's that? Money, 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 money. I love that theme song. But no, I have something to admit to you. I have to admit to you that I have not bought a game system since the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, I think you're the wow. only gamer. I think you're the only gamer of the three of us. I'm not a gamer. I'm, I'm not, not a gamer. Dude, I'm not a gamer either. This Xbox One was a Christmas gift from my buddy Joe two years ago, and I just <laughs> opened it up about a if week I was or two a gamer, ago. If I was a gamer, I would have bought a system after the Sega Dreamcast. If I was a gamer, I'd probably be playing like car racing games. I'm not gonna lie. There's too many buttons. Oh yeah, man. GTA, bro. You gotta fucking memorize all those fucking moves and shit, and like when to hit the square and the triangle. Fuck that, man. Yo, you guys have to hop on the Xbox train, and we'll have our our own league in uh, 2K19. Ah. Yo, we could live stream us playing 2K19 on Twitch.tv, guys. Oh, How about you go fight like our affiliates and our and our sister and cousin podcast? You can go fight them and you can represent the fourth wall. Did you just call them Be- because war cousin, is coming? Affiliate yeah. cousin, hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on, guys. Our affiliate cousin podcast. Well, we're all getting laid. You can all represent that. How's that sound? <laughs> Damn, you just no, no, no. You said affiliate cousin sister, like it's fucking backwards Alabama. <laughs> Oh man, this topic just went off the off the rocker right now. All right, let's get let's get back to the task at hand, guys. So let's talk about what I think are the three things that both Daniel Bryan and the Dean Ambrose heel turns are going to work. They're gonna work at the end because the timing was perfect. Yes. On both of them, uh, Dean Ambrose, yes. you know, turning the day Roman Reigns gives his speech that he has to leave for a little while. Uh, Daniel Bryan came out of completely nowhere, which made it unpredictable. Yeah. They were both very unpredictable, and that's when that's when wrestling's at its best when it's unpredictable. And also, there's very easy storyline advancement for both of these superstars. You know, we could num- we could uh, list a number of different routes that Daniel Bryan can go after this. We could also very easily see Dean Ambrose. Uh, holding the IC title or both him and Rollins being in the main event picture after this feud is up. So yeah. what are some good things, some reasons you think you guys think this will succeed? Anything besides what I said? The Daniel Bryan thing, and without a doubt with you, because I look at a world where now we're going to get, after this whole AJ's thing done, and I don't know if it'll be at the Rumble or at Mania, 
But now you're going to get Daniel Bryan and The Miz. But now The Miz is going to be the face, and Daniel Bryan's going to be the heel. So we're going to get a Maybe. whole... Maybe. That's so awesome. That's Definitely. so awesome. If that Definitely. happens... There's oh no doubt God. in my mind they're moving Miz's face. Just watch how he's being booked on SmackDown, how he's interacting with Shane, the audi- the reaction he's getting from the audience, the whole idea that he's going to be their next movie star Cena type. They're totally moving Miz to a face, and it's it's actually working for the first time in Miz's career. And now we're going to get a whole new take on the Daniel Bryan Miz thing, which is awesome. It's such an easy way to refresh a storyline and refresh a television show. So everything they're doing on SmackDown is right. On Raw... I don't know necessarily where, say Ambrose wins at TLC. I don't know where he goes from there. I mean, he has a ton of competition in the mid-card scene. Look at guys like Finn Balor, Elias, Bobby Lashley. He has people he could be in feuds with. I think it'd be a nice feud for maybe him and Finn Balor to go in if they, they go for the IC title. Maybe have something like that leading into WrestleMania. Who knows? But is there any belief that Finn is going to beat Ambrose right now? Mm, great question. That's a that's a real tough question. I think Finn's in a tough spot. I think we're seeing that dark side of Finn Balor come out right now. I've been kind of getting hints of that over the past few weeks with him and Drew McIntyre. I would not be surprised if he came out as the demon at TLC. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. When was the last time we saw the demon? SummerSlam? SummerSlam when he fought Baron Corbin when no one thought it was going to happen and I fucking called it. We, I knew we were going to see. I saw the same thing then, and he came out. And I think there was just an article. There was just an article about uh, him talking about how he doesn't use it uh, as much as he should. No, he used it it more in NXT. I think every takeover, he was his demon. Is that his decision or is that Vince's decision? It's probably Vince's decision. It's got to be. Probably is. It's got to be Vince's decision because the demon is what like puts Balor over the top. Like, okay, Finn's really good. Holy shit, now he's a demon. I want to cheer the fucking shit out of this guy. One weird swerve I think we could see leading towards WrestleMania is a potential team-up between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. I kind of got that vibe during that promo, during uh, Miz TV, and actually the end of SmackDown this week. So, that... Let's I got that vibe that. as well. Like, that's a swerve I, I got that vibe as one. well. You know, you have The Miz helping out Daniel Bryan. And, you know, there was that weird stare-down thing that happened. Is like, like the Miz, like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, did you catch that, Bones? Yeah. That was the look he had. It was like, why why am I helping him type of thing. I could see a team-up happening, and I can see the team-up imploding and your reverse heel-face thing happening, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, see, I don't see the team-up guys like thing like you guys see. Like, when I was watching SmackDown this week, I'm like, Man, I have a funny feeling that The Miz and Daniel Bryan might face each other at Royal Rumble. You want to put some money on it? No. No, I'm not not that confident, man. (laughs) I I don't think so. I think there's still more to advance their storyline. And you know what? It would not surprise me if the two of them did not fight at Mania 35 and they held it off until next year's Mania. I'm sorry, WrestleMania 36. Year and a half still? That's the, it seems like they're kind of building to Miz and Shane at Mania, and you know Shane's going to have a match at Mania because Shane loves having his Mania moment. Now, so. here's the parallel that I see. I look at The Miz and Daniel Bryan as a close parallel to Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Daniel Bryan is Gargano, Miz is Ciampa. 
Ciampa is proud of Gargano seeing the dark side. Miz is proud of Daniel Bryan turning and seeing it, doing what he's been saying all along. He said it in the promo this week. Yeah, he did. You're so right. You're absolutely right. I can see, you know, we talked about a potential heel DIY. I, obviously, that's not going to happen because of the way the tapings are on the storylines now unfolding that we're seeing this week. They see the opportunity they have with the Gargano and Ciampa storyline, but they've already limited themselves because they're all, a lot of their stuff's pre-taped. I think they're seeing the opportunity that they're missing there and applying that opportunity to the Miz and Daniel Bryan and making this a very long storyline that I think is going to be going to grab everyone's attention and keep us all invested for a long time. Like we're all willing to sit there for the ride. We already waited eight years for it to come to a head. What's another potential year or eight months down the road or you know six months? Right. I understand where you're coming from. And with Miz is like. TV and like Hollywood career, it's easy to keep him off TV for a bit and stall that feud. And you're right, Bones, and like the parallels. But since Miz's character isn't as sadistic as Champa's, it doesn't come off quite the same, which I think is a good thing. Like, I still think the Gargano Champa saga, believe it or not, is well, maybe you can believe it because it's NXT, but I just think it's better. And I do think that, like, Champa is more proud. Like, I think Champa's more proud of Gargano, whereas Miz is still kind of confused or playing the character of kind of confused at why Daniel Bryan is doing what he's doing. That's kind of the vibe I get when I see the two of them. So we also cannot forget about the amazing seven-second segment that interrupted Miz TV before Daniel Bryan came out, and that was the dance break by Carmella and R-Truth, which is a great segue because I do want to talk about uh, the Princess of Staten Island, Carmella. Now, do you guys think Mella is money? Just a general statement. Do you think Mella is money? No. I mean... Mm, Why not? I thought Carmella... Like, I, I thought Carmella was just pushed too soon. I didn't think she was ready for the spot she got like coming out of WrestleMania. I don't think she performed well in that spot. I don't think she delivered. I think her title reign was a little bogus. And I think she's now at a spot that makes more sense. Not thinking that's saying she can never get back to that spot. Remember when Miz won the title like seven years ago and no one thought he was ready? Mm-hmm. Like I kind of look at Carmella's title reign as that. I think in like another couple years, like you can really put Carmella up there, but you can't like put her in a situation and stand her next to Becky, Oscar, Charlotte, and Rhonda. Like one of these things is not like the others, and that thing is Charlotte. That's not Charlotte, Carmella. So I thought she was pushed too soon, and I think where she is now, I think I I, I enjoy the dance breaks. I love to dance. Uh, you just tried to floss and it looked terrible. So don't don't do that ever again. That's not you're doing like <laughs> the fox trot. I'm also he's, fucking he's, sitting down, you silly son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe Mella is kind of money. You know, it's... You it's, can't be kind of money. You're either money or you're not money. Ted right. DiBiase was never kind of money. You're either fucking money or you're not. Wow. Well, clarify yourself, silly goose. Oh my God! Oh man, this is uh, live show, folks. Yeah, we are <laughs> live show folks. today. I uh, see. I, I I think she was pushed too fast as well. 
And uh, I'm hoping maybe in a couple of years we get something from her. Agree, man. I definitely do. And I think there's a lot of potential there on a serious note, because I do think she's I think she's a fantastic like actress and character, Carmela. But you can't like sell me on the fact that she can be like Charlotte or Oscar or Becky or even like, you know, Sonia Deville in a wrestling match. Yeah, but she's already beaten Charlotte, and she's already beaten Asuka. She has not beaten nah, Becky. No, 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 no. Her again, and James Ellsworth beat those people. Regardless of how she did it. Shh, we don't say that name anymore. Re- yeah, he, he he's a kid toucher. We don't say oh, that he's a better ass. That's right, that's right. He's been um, Benoit. Regardless of how she got those wins, look in the history books, she got those wins. She'll have now that on her. Her legacy is she beat Charlotte twice and Asuka twice, I believe. Fair and square. Not fair and square. Quote, unquote, I'm sorry. Quote, unquote, fair and square. But she legit, no, no, Charlotte, legit pinned her. But here's Mm -hmm. the issue. At any given second, so say SmackDown happens this week and we're going to do Carmella versus Charlotte. Like, Charlotte could go out there and win that match in under a minute and everybody would believe it. That would happen now because of the new Charlotte that we're seeing. Isn't it crazy how all these wrestlers that we've been seeing for years are now all of a sudden this year new? New yeah. Daniel Bryan, new Charlotte, new Becky. Well, Charlotte's not new. It's just we're getting back to the Charlotte that works. Yeah, but I feel like her character on SmackDown now is not what it was when she was the heel on Raw. She was also very green still at that point when she was when right. she was first drafted to Raw. I said it, I've said it on shows before, and I'll say it again. Becky is the Stone Cold, Charlotte is the Triple H wow. and Ronda is the Rock and Oscar is the Undertaker and Oscar is the Undertaker right yeah. I'll take that too I'll 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 buy that also so we're we're gonna compare these women to uh, these superstars from twenty years ago why not isn't that the fucking standard bearer isn't that what we're going for isn't why can't that they we beat themselves well not I'm not saying that they're not themselves but every WWE always has a hierarchy it has a Here's the top guy, and here's like his three or four other guys that surround him, and we alternate those guys in and out the top as it sees fit over time. So that's what I'm just saying is that right now the women are showing that they're going to be the next big thing, the next Austin Rock Triple H Undertaker. Okay. Because okay. we didn't, you know, you could say Cena was like the, the 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 person we've been, but Cena never had that Austin Rock factor. I I'm think sorry. These, Can you remind think, me who Cena is? I think you know who Cena is. He was the guy He's who ran guy the fucking that show. that dated that man. girl, and they broke up. <laughs> and then they went back together, and they, they dated, and then broke up again. You're telling me you can't see Becky, um, Charlotte, Ronda, and Asuka as the four biggest things in pro wrestling for the next five years? Ooh. I have no argument with that. I could definitely see it because where is, all right, on the men's side, where is the Austin of the men's division? Where's the Undertaker? Well, all right, fine. He's still around. Where's, you know, <laughs> the people, the parallels to Triple H or the, the, the Rock? Like, where, where are these wrestlers? Can, there's, there's, we, we could have said Roman Reigns, but he's going to be out for, and we don't know for how long. Your this, Undertaker your Undertaker just showed up in NXT. We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. But what about, you could Drew, maybe Drew has that potential. Um, Drew, obviously, Finn, AJ, they have the I don't potential, know if but Finn has that yet. potential, man. I, I don't Why know, not? man. Dude, he's because, so over. Yeah, are are you on the Vince train thing and he's not no, over? He, he if he's so over, why is he in these shitty situations all the time? Yeah, and I don't feel like he has the promo skills that, like, 
like a Daniel Bryan has, man. I don't think he cuts it like he does. I don't think he has that fucking. He isn't given the liberty same. to. He's but fucking he off still deliver every week. That's why. Even when I even when I watch his old NXT stuff, it's it's really good, but like it's like it, but it's not like like uh, like Austin and Rock are at another level, and I don't think Finn's at that. As, I don't think Finn's as close to that level as Daniel Bryan is. I won't if, say Drew because Drew's got some some. Drew's only got potential. Since we're in this mass exodus of heel turns, there are two more superstars that need to turn heel, and that's Finn Balor and Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, yes. I think Finn needs to go more tweener than heel. I can see that. You know what? He would because he's so over now as a face. If he built the Balor Club right now on Monday Night Raw, he'd be the fucking hottest thing on Raw right now. Why not? bring his demon persona out more and he kind of takes the quote-unquote Undertaker Kane spot on the I read something a while ago that Vince has something against the face paint. I don't know what... I think at the time when Jeff Hardy was there, he only wanted one of them to have face paint. That could have been a bullshit report. Bullshit! There is no fucking way Vince McMahon's against face paint. Listen, that's me being a mark, reading the dirt sheet, so don't listen to what I'm saying right now. So real quick, guys, going back to Mella and R-Truth, the point that I wanted to get to was this. Now, liker or hater, Carmella did an amazing job going from NXT as a manager to the main roster in a short amount of time. She proved that she is a sports entertainer. I'm not saying she's a great professional wrestler because we know that she needs some work. She has her moments, though. She's not bad. I've seen worse. But she's a great sports entertainer, okay? Good enough where in WWE's eyes, they gave her the SmackDown Women's Championship and they gave her now these amazing wins on her record. No matter what, you can't take them away. First ever women's money in the bank, beat Charlotte twice, and beat Asuka. But now after that, she loses the title and she's no longer in that title picture. So now she's cutting seven-second dance promos, dance break promos with R-Truth. Do you feel like she's getting over as a babyface? Because I didn't feel that this past week. On SmackDown, I didn't feel like her and our truth got the pop that I feel like they have gotten in the past. Uh, do you think maybe the dance break, the dance breaks are starting to run its course already? No, I just or think it was it, badly placed. The character, it was just bad. No, it was just a badly placed one. And then they need and they need to wrestle a little bit too. Like, like yeah, that's that's cute and all. I like the dance break. I find them funny. I think when done right, they're they're very they're one of the few comedy things that works and work in the show, but. They need to get in the fucking rain and wrestle. They really want to fucking get over it. Get the fuck in the rain and wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you, John. I think you're right. The timing was bad because at that point, everyone wanted to see Daniel Bryan on Ms. TV. Maybe the dance break could have happened after Ms. TV, but I don't know. Maybe I think you're right. I think that time of the, of the show was bad, bad placement for it. All right, fellas. Well, it's about that time for me to pass it over to the third man as he brings you the third brand. What up, fam? I'm using Bones lines today, if you haven't noticed. So let's talk about a couple things with NXT right now. We have a few interesting things going on, but there's one I really want to focus on, and that is who is going to take over NXT? I'm not talking about Triple H here. Obviously, he's in charge, and I think we want him to still be in charge. I'm talking about the wrestlers that are going to take the place of the big-name stars that are there right now, the Chiampas of the world, the Coles and the, and the rest of Undisputed. And what happens when they move up? 
Who's going to take over? I have a few that I think might take over, and I think you might be a little surprised. In fact, Doc Cost might yell at me a little bit. First and foremost, I think that some of the wrestlers we think are going to be the top guys and girls are not going to be. Your Matt Riddles, your Keith Lees, I think they're being fast-tracked. I think you're going to see them up right behind some of these other wrestlers that, I'm, uh, that are on the top of NXT right now. Wrong. Half really? wrong. Half wrong. I half don't know. Wrong. I'll take half agree. wrong there. All right, half ha- wrong for a hundred third man. All right, you know what, John? Continue, John. We'll, we'll we'll debate this later. I think you're going to see some underdogs come up and take over NXT. I think you're going to see Otis break away from Heavy Machinery. I think he's going to be up. Ooh. Ooh. I also oh, hurts. I don't know about that. That dude. hurts. That's, that's a little strong, man. That's Can't a little hard. Stakes and weights, man. Can't break up stakes and weights, especially right now, man. It looks like they're getting um, War Raiders placed on the roster while Hanson's hurt, man. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it looks like they're getting that spot. I mean, even if they don't beat Undisputed Era, like they're getting that that monster team spot on the roster. So I don't know if you're gonna. I, I almost feel like Tucker would turn on Dozovich before the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's only one possibility. My other ones are a little interesting. Uh, EC3, I think, I, is going to be in a top yeah, spot. That, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, and no even brainer. though even though he was on NXT UK this week, I think Fabian Eichner is going to be uh, a... I can't even talk. Let's, let me try again. I mean, you know, he's on... Uh, even though he's on NXT UK, I think Fabian Eichner is going to be... Uh, one of the top guys. As far as the women, I'm not too sure what's happening here because it seems like they keep going up and down on who's going to be the top woman right now. Um, you know, I'm hoping Nikki Cross gets an official call up soon, so I don't think it's going to be her. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you, with with the women. I don't think it's. I think that's <laughs> easy because don't forget. We yeah, have, I do too. We have yeah, women I that we too. haven't really seen yet, like Deanna it's Perazzo. True. Deanna Perazzo, man, you read my mind, dude. She's Absolutely. gonna be up there. Also, her gonna and get, Bianca. Bianca's gonna get a push. Lacey Evans is gonna get a mm-hmm. push. Mia Yim. Yep. There's gonna be. Now. There's gonna be a very uh, Io Shirai. Ka- Io Shirai, Kyrie man. Sane. Yeah. But and, can you yeah. see? Can you see any of them right now on the top? Bianca that's Belair, what I'm not, They're not gonna shoot to the top because here's the thing. They're good. I think going into 2019, NXT is going to be at this point where they're losing a lot out of their graduating class, and they're going to have to rebuild the brand. Also, I think so, there's going to be uh, there's going to be a rebuilding period going on right here because now they've a lot of the main eventers have been in NXT for a while. I think this is the longest they've actually kept uh, a roster since the Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Neville days. Okay, right. so which forget, was a great call up. There was, was Bobby Roode, there was Shinsuke, there was Almas, there was McIntyre, one after another. Yeah. And during that time, they're just signing all this new indie talent. Ricochet, uh, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, uh, Dominic Dijakovic, who is going to be really big soon as well. I think, let's talk about Dijak real quick. He has been with the company for, I, I don't even know if it's been a year, maybe eight months, maybe nine months. But he's been doing nothing but house shows. I don't know if you guys know about uh, Donovan Dijak from the Indies, but he is a big name on the Indies, and he is awesome. He is great. Uh, the whole f- Feast Your Eyes, that was his thing on the Indies. I'm yeah. glad they're letting him keep that right now, but I think they're going to be booking him as the new monster now that Lars Sullivan is leaving. Honest question oh. for you guys. What do you guys know about, like, world soccer? 
you kick the black and white ball into the goal. No, but what do you know about FIFA? Nothing. Not the video game. Okay, so FIFA pretty much controls soccer around the world. This is what you know. Vince's mark on WWE was like making it national and like you know taking it from not being territory. I think Triple H's mark is going to be making WWE the global like governing body of professional major professional wrestling around the world. That's why you're seeing the UK brand take off. You're going to see it in India. You're eventually going to they're they're you're eventually going to see it in Japan years down the road once they can truly compete with NJPW in Japan. A lot of this talent you get is going to go like Fabian Eichner, he's going to stay in England and eventually there's going to be a Monday Night Raw equivalent in England. And then Fabian Eichner and Pete Dunne are going to anchor that. And as for the NXT guys now, I kind of half disagree with you, third man. I think Matt Riddle is a huge, huge part of NXT's future plans in 2019. I see him getting fast-tracked. No way, dude. I think Keith Lee might get fast-tracked, but definitely because he's big and you know how Vince loves big. But Riddle, I think he, I think him and Velveteen Dream are the two guys that are going to kind of take over for Gargano, Champa, and Black. Let's talk about Velveteen. You guys saw his promo this past week on Raw. He said it. He said, dream over. Like, what is next now for Velveteen Dream? Are we not going to see Velveteen on any of the NXT tapings for the rest of this year, and he's going to show up at the Royal Rumble? This is very similar to no. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe lost, lost the title. He was off TV for a few weeks and then showed up on Raw. No, I don't think Dream comes up until he wins. I think Dream is an NXT champion before he comes up. I think Dream is the next, the next like Champa, Gargano, Alistair Black. Like those are the three guys I consider the top of the mountain in NXT right now. And I think Riddle and Velveteen Dream are the next like top of the mountain with, oh, I don't know. Um, Maybe one of the undisputed era guys competing for the world title, you know, or maybe that's a weird thing because I don't know what they're good. Undisputed era kind of has to come up as a group, but yeah, do you like, guys I, think... I'd like to see one of them be a, an NXT champion though. I don't care which one. I just like to see one of them do that before mm-hmm. they get called up. If they do, maybe, maybe it would be Adam Cole. Maybe even uh, see, Rod, Roderick Strong would have been a good champion. He had his chance too with uh, Bobby Roode. Right. Unfortunately, they never gave him the title. Right, right. So, John, so who else you think is going to run your NXT? Well, I did mention this a little earlier. You know, we had an Undertaker replacement, and I think our Undertaker replacement showed up this week on NXT TV. Unfortunately, he took a loss, and I do not agree with that loss. Doc, shut up. I don't want to hear it right now. But just the way that Punishment Martinez carried himself was very Undertaker-like, and I really wish... I'm not talking squash match here, match here, but I, I don't know if taking a loss from Matt Riddle was a good idea, but... It's okay because it, it's, okay it's Matt Riddle. And you got to understand, NXT fans follow the indies, so they know who Punishment Martinez is, and they know Matt Riddle, and they know their histories, and they know their pedigree. So watching Matt Riddle beat Punishment Martinez... In a match that was probably too short, if there's any complaint, it was too short, you know. But I think watching that, it's not the worst thing because Riddle is a big part of NXT 2019's plan. You can't not watch NXT and not see that. 
Yeah, I, I agree with Doc. I think we're going to see guys like Punishment Martinez, Dominic Dijakovic, Ricochet we haven't spoken about. Uh, we're still going to see Pete Dunn around, even though he's doing double duty with NXT UK. Don't forget. I think you'll, you'll see less of Dunn in 2019 on NXT. I think he's going to transition to UK more in 2019. Fully. See, it's funny because they have yet to change the name of his title to the NXT UK champion. It's still WWE UK champion. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But so you guys anyways, always disagree saying, with me. Always disagree with me. Because you're the third man. Fuck the third man. <laughs> All right, uh, but Doc, I agree, man. Matt Riddle is definitely going to uh, be a main event player. I, again, I don't think Keith Lee will. I think he's going to have uh, a good mid-card run. I don't know if he's going to hold any titles in NXT, but I think we'll see Keith Lee come up uh, to the main roster sooner than later. I also think they're eventually going to uh, give Cassius Ono a short run on the main roster. I think it'd be interesting to see uh, the bar break up at some point. Um, that we'll see that topic for another day, but I do see the bar breaking up in 2019 and Cesaro and Sheamus possibly going back on singles runs, but I could see Cesaro and Cassiano bringing back the Kings of Wrestling for a short little tag run. That would be something cool to see, I think, for all the uh, the real indie fans. Yeah, they were one of my they were like one of my favorite ROH teams for a long time in the earlier part of this decade. Agreed. So real quick, so let's fantasy book now to WrestleMania weekend uh, for NXT. So we already know that Aleister Black's going to face Ciampa at the TakeOver in January. I forget where that is. Uh, at Phoenix. Phoenix. TakeOver Phoenix in January. We don't think Aleister's going to win, do we? No. I don't no, think I don't. so. Does he have a chance? Yes, but I don't think now he's going to win it back. I think that may be his rematch, and then we'll see Aleister Black possibly at the Royal Rumble. So Ciampa retains the NXT title, and then he's probably going to face Gargano WrestleMania weekend. I think that's going to be Gargano's swan song. Gargano's going to win the NXT title. Then we'll see Ciampa come up. But now, do we see Gargano get called up in 2019, or does he hold that title for the rest of 2019? No, I think Gargano has to make it up by 20. I'm not convinced that Gargano Ciampa is going to happen at Mania, man. I have a funny feeling you're not going to see those two fight again until they're on the main roster. We just we've already done it three times. I kind we kind of don't need to see it again in NXT. I would be more privy to see Champa drop the title to Dream at Takeover New York, That'd be and cool. have Dream. This is the start of the the reign of the Dream. I don't think you need to do Gar- Gargano Champa again on NXT. I think you need to save that for a big WWE pay per view at this point. It's, it's not that w- not that not that, WWE, not that WWE not that WWE does a good job at continuing NXT feuds. They're not. It's not their their strongest point, in my opinion. They, they they could do better at that at times, but this is one that's very personal, and they would really be doing themselves a disservice by not doing a WWE Gargano Champion match while it's one of the hottest things in wrestling. I think you might see both. I guess that's a possibility, but I, I think it would be the wrong way. I, it's not how I would book it. I would book it as Dream's like big NXT moment is is TakeOver New York when he beats Champa. He got damn close to TakeOver Los Angeles. That was the, maybe the match of the year. Yeah, he deserves I, it. I'm really interested, interested to see what happens with the NXT Championship going into the new year. I feel like there's going to be some big changes here. Uh, with just the main event scene in NXT in general. 
Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen to the mid-card scene in NXT? We have Ricochet right now with the North American Championship. Who is he going to lose that title to? That's a great question. <laughs> how, does, yeah. how does Punishment Martinez sound? I mean, or how, I'd does like Vel- it. how does Velveteen Dream sound? No, I think Velve- Velveteen's, Velveteen's too big for that. He's, he's moved beyond the mid card. What about EC3? That's I, a more distinct possibility. I think, I think so. EC3, yeah. I like EC3, but I'm not sold on him yet at, in NXT. Um, he hasn't been in any real storylines. I feel like he's kind of just there. Um, I feel like, like they could have they done more with him after the ladder match last year. Yeah, EC3, uh, it's weird. It kind of teased cool storylines with him. Like, it looks like he's going to do a program with Bobby Fish, which I'm all about. You know, I, I want to see another member of Undisputed Era besides Adam Cole have, like, a personal storyline, and this is how we're going to get it. I'm all for it. EC3 needs to get in a good feud, like you said, and he needs to get in a good storyline to really, really establish his character, which has a ton of potential. So I think EC3, to answer, to, to talk about what the third man was saying before, the next crop of NXT talent, he might be in that big three-like category with Velveteen and Matt Riddle. Interesting. He's got the look, man. Got the look. And he's a pretty good wrestler. And I like his character. He's kind of got everything. He's kind of like a wild card dark horse almost at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So there's really no lack of talent. So we're not really worried about the NXT brand going into nope. the new year, are we, boys? No. Nope. I, I think they're in very, very good hands. Uh, we're definitely going to see the likes of Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, Mia Yim, Io Shirai um, do some big things for the black and yellow brand moving forward. I think at this point they're at a really good spot where they could afford to lose some of their, we'll call them the seniors in the senior class. And start making room for the new new main event scene. I think they're they're in very good hands right now. Um, but let's talk about some other good things that are happening in WWE besides the NXT black and yellow brand. Let's end off on a positive note and talk about some good things that are happening on Raw and SmackDown. Um, I want to start off with, with a specific good thing happening from Raw is just the overall emergence of Drew McIntyre. Uh, I was worried because I felt like his time in NXT was too short and it ended, unfortunately, due to an injury. And I wanted to see more out of his title reign. And I was unsure about his booking to be partnered up with Dolph Ziggler. But I think the whole growth of his character is has been amazing on Raw. And they're really building him into something big. And he's going to be a main event player in 2019. I cannot agree with you more. I was not okay with the Dolph Ziggler pairing at first. But then I realized that Dolph Ziggler is the perfect person to put him with. You know, he's the perfect person to betray just because Dolph Ziggler has that nothing left to lose attitude that he's had for, I don't know, five years at this point. So (laughs) I I think... I. I hear you laughing over there, Doc. Um, but I, I really, I, I like what's going to happen, and he's going to have a strap on him very soon, very soon. I agree with both you guys. Which, wow, we all three agree on something. That's holy that's something crap! Look at that shit. Um, I think Drew is the future of Monday Night Raw on 2019. He is the perfect guy to build around for the future of WWE. If we're going to start going to a more 
edgy attitude era like format, which it seems to be the trend right now, he is the guy you want to build around. You want to talk about a total package, the look, the talking ability, the wrestling ability, making Kurt Angle tap out to the ankle lock. <laughs> the guy's got everything going for him right now. There's no reason to believe that he is not the future of Raw, and he's probably the best thing on Raw right now. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I would, I, I venture to say that. Now that I really would, think about it. Would you say he's the chosen one? <laughs> let's I let's stay away from there. that. Let's stay away from that. Come on now. That was SmackDown. Dark times. Dark SmackDown times. Dark Drew. SmackDown Drew. SmackDown Drew. No. Also, another good thing that actually came out of the emergence of Drew McIntyre is whether you like him or not, Dolph Ziggler's stock is rising. Again. Dolph Ziggler had an amazing match two weeks ago against Seth Rollins and then put on another awesome match with Drew McIntyre and he got the win. McIntyre's been on a hot streak for the past few months. He's been undefeated for a little while now. I'd say two to maybe three months. And Ziggler now ended that streak and came out on top against with his match against McIntyre this week. Smart booking. Smart booking. It helps further that feud and make that feud actually mean something. If Drew would have won that match on Raw, that would have been the end of it. And then what? But this, this actually keeps things interesting. And now we have a nice feud that doesn't involve a belt, which it seems to be what WWE struggles with nowadays on their main roster mm-hmm. shows. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, speaking, speaking of matches that don't involve straps, I want to get to my point of things I'm really liking on Raw right now, and I might be beating my boy Bones to the punch, but we have ourselves a women's match at TLC that does not involve a championship. Bones girl Ruby Riot yes. taking on Natalia. Yes. Neidhart, and I am freaking stoked for this match because I think this is going to be a sleeper match for that night, man. You, you know how fucking pumped I am down. for this match? You know how fucking pumped? I was so pissed when Ruby Riot was pulled off of the Survivor Series team. I didn't get to see her at the last pay-per-view. I am so fucking happy that she is going to demolish Natalia in a fucking tables match at TLC because at TLC, we riot. <laughs> Doc, I can't tell. Can you help me out here? Does Bones like Ruby Riot? I think he might be in love with Ruby Riot. Oh, I told you nice. guys, I'm calling it. She's going to be the one to put Ronda Rousey out of her misery and take that Raw Women's title. Now, you must have forgotten about Becky Lynch. You heard it here first. Becky's you not going have... to Raw to take the title. It has nothing to do with um, Becky. Um, what happens when Asuka wins the title at TLC in a couple weeks? That is not. You... Shut your mouth. That is not happening. I'll tell you, one of them women's titles is going to change at TLC. I don't know if it's Nia. I don't know if it's Asuka, but one of them women's titles is changing. Mm. I think I'd rather see Nia. Nia take it from Ronda than see Becky lose her title. Agreed. If Becky lost the title, you know she would not be the one to get pinned. That's why it makes might make a little more sense for Becky to lose her title, have Asuka pin Charlotte. And that continues the Asuka-Charlotte storyline, which seems to be a thing that SmackDown's building on right now, judging from their match this past week. And then you can continue the Ronda-Becky storyline. So yeah. then we could have a double main event at WrestleMania, Becky versus Ronda and Asuka versus Charlotte. If you don't think, if you can't figure out yet that it's a triple threat at Mania, the main event Mania, it's silly. Come on now. <laughs> so there's another good thing going on in wrestling right now is the women's division. 
Becky Lynch. That, that's the best thing. The Charlotte, best thing. Oscar, Ronda Rousey, uh, amazing. This whole women's evolution. I mean, I, I give them props what they've done with this. The talent themselves. If it wasn't for them, they wouldn't be where they are right now. So, thank you, women's talent. Thank you, women's wrestling. Wrestling would be kind of lame without the women right now. Like it would not be worth watching for like seven or eight hours every week. Well, look at it this way. If the women weren't as prominent on TV as they are now, there'd be more segments for the men and more time to evolve storylines. Yeah, but would they really do a good job? Are the men as good as the women right now? Well, be real. Raw, Raw wouldn't. SmackDown would do a fucking fantastic job. SmackDown would be good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Daniel Bryan's just elevating everybody over there right now. But, guys, we're talking about some good things. John, what are some uh, good, other good things that are happening right now in WWE? My positives all have to do with uh, black and yellow and black and red i uh they're black and red right yeah uk is black and red i uh i I love what's going on down there i really do you know i love the main roster stuff but sometimes i just get a little jaded just because i feel like stuff doesn't change you know i like ambrose i love daniel bryan but you know sometimes it gets stale up there and nxt to me hasn't been stale yet and nxt uk is pretty cool Except if you saw, if you didn't see it yet, but you know the first match on the second episode of Mastiff and the Wild Boar was uh, questionable. We'll you, call you, that. I, I think you, I've been enjoying UK for like the pure wrestling purposes. I'm still yes. waiting to see. I'm still waiting to see the stories develop truly there. But they got I want, time. I just want to see what they're gonna do with the coffees and, and Wolfgang. Like I get it. Ooh, they're big scary men, but they're gallus. They're gallus. Uh, <laughs> Dog, come on, dude. They're, they're fucking gallus. <laughs> they're gallus. They're like, so this week, if for those of you uh, who, who really give a shit, uh, I was sending um, picture messages to our little group thread on WhatsApp with uh, definitions of the word gallus. And of course, I wasn't spelling it right because it was telling me that like, gallus people are like from like some like some sort of like Rwandan or Ethiopian tribal people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not makes no three- sense. This is like not three white dudes from the from the aisles at all. <laughs> I don't yeah. get it at all. Of course, my bones like he actually like uh, corrected me in my my idiotness. <laughs> yeah. So for any fans of Gallus out there, and you're wondering how they spell it, is G A double L O U S. Google it. And what does it mean? Like, I, I, maybe if I were English, I would get that better. Maybe if I were English, it would be just as easy as four horsemen is to us Americans. Are we looking it up? Are we getting some yeah. answers? Are you getting answers? Ooh. Bones is giving us answers. Gallus I... is an instrument of execution consisting of a wooden frame from which a condemned person is executed by hanging. An Irish man likes to be thought of as a gallus fellow. Wait, wait. So a wooden instrument is a gallus? A wooden frame from which a it's condemned the person because... is executed by hanging. I know my grandmother had one of those like when i was a kid she used to like whip my fucking dad and my uncle's asses with like a wooden frame all the time growing no up. dude i i think it's the frames that the actual like hangings happen like a gallows oh, oh i'm a dumbass yep well there you have it fourth wall <laughs> fam you got an english lesson english or on irish. episode three <laughs> Or an Irish lesson, yes. Irish lessons, Irish, yes, yes. So, yes. listen, guys, before we head out, I had one more good thing I did want to touch on. I'm very happy with the vintage Randy Orton persona that we have uh, yeah, again on TV. Yeah. Uh, I think we definitely needed to have a real heel like Randy Orton. I'm, I like what he's doing. 
I do want to see him in something. I don't want to see him wrestle Jeff Hardy again on another SmackDown. Still. But um, I do want to see where he goes with the whole storyline with him and Rey Mysterio Jr. Do you think, do you, I see maybe a future number one contenders match between them and the Mm -hmm. winner getting Daniel Bryan. Actually, maybe not not the winner, Rey Mysterio getting Daniel Bryan. (laughs) Yeah, I could see Orton back in the title picture at some point. Yeah. final thought actually has little to do with current product uh but my i my final thought came to me today while watching jeopardy of all things i don't know if any of you watch jeopardy it's on netflix baby yeah well educate yourself bitch so i'll whoop all your asses in jeopardy dude on double jeopardy today the three last categories on the board were face heel pro wrestling Nice. <laughs> a little mainstream crossover. I the like face that. and heel ones had nothing to do with with wrestling. Like it was shoes and then like anything that had to do with facing or faces. Mm-hmm. But guess what category ev- they, they all avoided for the most part? Professional wrestling. Pro wrestling. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Pro wrestling. They waited to the end. <laughs> Although it was, I, I lied. So they, the, t- the four hundred dollar question someone did right away, and it was a picture of Andre the Giant as like a sixteen year old, and mm-hmm. someone got that. But then after that, it was the last category. They didn't even do the last question, and I'm very upset because I need to know what that last question was. <laughs> who, who was the first five time WWE champion? Mm. Come on. What is who is? Hold on. It's not Booker T. That's a five-time, five-time WCW. It's WCW. Oh, you said WWE? Yeah. Uh, the Undertaker. Incorrect. Bones, eh. you like to take a gander for a five-time WWE champion? He's looking it up. He's cheating. I didn't no, cheat. No, I'm not. First. Come on, this is the, the final question on Jeopardy. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Who said that? That was... Johnny. That is silly. How could you not guess Hulk Hogan? Of course it's Hulk Hogan. Motherfucking Hulkamania. Come on we, now. We, we don't say what? his name anymore, remember? 
What are you talking about? He's back, man. He's in Saudi Arabia, hulking <laughs> the crowd up. I want to share one question from uh, from the um, from the show before I go. I'm gonna get it right, just so you know. Uh, well, it, it was pretty funny. The who, the guy who whose turn it was answered it completely wrong, but uh, at, it's kind of wrestling based, but it's also presidentially based. WrestleMania four. Regis Philman co-hosts with this president's first wife. Oh, I'm sorry, with President Trump's first wife. Oh, that would be uh, Mar- Marla Maples. It was Marla Maples. Yes. Jess that would be Marla Maples. My, my lovely fiance Jess, was astonished. Astonished I knew that. I mean, come on, dude. The president of the United States is in the WWE Hall of Fame. We know everything about him. Yeah. Which still, <laughs> still blows my mind. Think, let's let that settle in for a little bit. The president of the United States is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Careful. <laughs> let's not lose any listeners, guys. Oh, man. But it's, not, it's not a good or bad thing. I just think it's kind of funny. I yeah. agree. All right, so I guess I'll go to my final thought. So the SmackDown Live on Fox TV era began this week. Uh, on Thursday Night Football, it was the Tennessee Titans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let that sink in real quick. Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> we talked last week about Cody Rhodes and All Elite Wrestling. Jacksonville Jaguars being the All ones right. to fund it. So at the Jaguars and Titans game uh, on Thursday Night Football on Fox, they announced the premiere of SmackDown on Fox in 2019 going to be appearing on October 4th. Uh, and Jeff Jarrett, of all people, was the one at the game. Uh, they do something at, uh, uh, at the Titans games where they put a big sword into the ground on the 50-yard line before the yeah, game, and they had Jarrett do that. And then Jeff Jarrett held up a SmackDown Live t-shirt. So I found that kind of odd that they had Jeff Jarrett be the one to go out and promote the premiere of SmackDown on Fox. So, here's where my mind goes. Baron Corbin does not become the permanent GM on Raw. They are so high on Paige during the Superstar shakeup. Paige becomes the GM of Raw, and Jeff Jarrett becomes the new GM oh, of SmackDown God. Live. Oh, God. I can't wait to turn home to my baby tonight. Did you know... Did you know who else was at that game sitting in the, in the owner's box? No, I do not. The American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes? Yep. Was that the same game? Uh, oh, that would so. make sense. That would know. make sense. I think that may have been a, sec- a separate game. Cause I, think he was, I think it was a game last week Cody Rhodes was there, and they got a picture of oh, him. Okay. Can we talk about Cody Rhodes real quick before we get off the air? Cody Rhodes is a fucking genius. He knew damn well that this All Elite Wrestling is creating a huge buzz on the internet. He sees it all over Twitter. He's probably getting hit up with questions all the time. So he goes to a fucking Jacksonville Jaguars game and sits right in front of the press box so he could take or have pictures taken of him. He's a fucking genius. genius. Hey, genius. He, knows what, he, knows what he, he knows what he needs to do. He me, you surprised. No, not at no. all. He, he's creating a buzz right now, which is going to lead to something big for all elite wrestling. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Hey, the big, I told you last week, the biggest thing with All Elite is that, that if the Khan family's involved, they're going to have money, and they're going to have money, more money, money than Vince. Money, they're, money, money. 
I'm pretty sure their that family's got more money than Vince, man. So we'll see where that goes. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight, guys. So on that note, once again, I am JC Bones at JC Bones. I am Doc Haas, and you follow me on Twitterverse at Doc Haas Fourth Wall, the number four, like the Horseman. And I am Johnny Smarks, and you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Smarks a lot. And we are the Fourth Wall Re- Wrestlecast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four T H W A double L C A S T. Same thing on Instagram at Fourth Wall Cast. And if you enjoy the Fourth Wall experience and want to check us out every week, be sure to tune in every Saturday. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Don't forget, big things in 2019. War is coming. We are going to war with the Wrestle Addict Radio and Rant with Ant families. Big things. Be excited. If you've enjoyed your experience, please tell all your friends. Recommend to all your friends to like, share, and subscribe. And help this thing grow and grow into the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Goodbye and good night. Woo-hoo! Oh, hell yeah! Happy Rusev Day. All right, guys. I'm going to be up in like five hours. I got to be up not quite that soon, but early enough. bitch. I am. I I become a big bitch when I don't sleep. No, I'm sorry. I I know it's late, but guys, thank you for fucking doing this shit with me. Uh, That's my fault we were late tonight. Ah, That's not a big deal. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Y